0: Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, episode number 96. At the time of this recording, bitcoins are trading at $4,323 each. Mm, mm, mm. Now, that's gravy. <laughs> Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, and thanks for joining me as I podcast from Nashville, Tennessee, the Bitcoin epicenter of the South. I'm your host, John Barrett, here each week with my trusty dog, Maxwell, right by my side. Say hello to the people, Maxwell. We're two Bitcoin fanatics who love talking to people about Bitcoin and sharing what we learn with you, the listener. Longtime listeners, thank you once again for supporting the show with your tips. And new listeners, we hope hope you enjoy the show. On today's show, I am privileged to interview Dana Jong, a PhD student in computer sciences at Vanderbilt University right here in Nashville, Tennessee. This highly intelligent young woman shares with us the path that brought her to blockchain tech and a bit about where she hopes to make an impact in our world. Then, in the second half of the show, I head over to the Vanderbilt University campus to the Department of Electrical Engineering and Computer Sciences. There I spend some time interviewing students to find out what they know and don't know about blockchain tech and about Bitcoin. While there, I was fortunate to run into Irfan Khalid, the president of Vandy Hacks. That's Vanderbilt's annual hackathon. This hackathon attracts over 400 students from around the world who will compete from October 20th through 22nd this year, building cool projects to change the world. Ah, to be young again. It is a beautiful Saturday here in Nashville, Tennessee, and I am speaking with someone all the way over on the other side of the country, a young woman who is in Palo Alto, California right now, doing her internship. More about that in a moment. I am very pleased to have with me on the show today, Dana Jong, a PhD student at Vanderbilt University. Dana, welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy.
1: Thank you, John. My pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: Oh, yes. So let's see. Let's... Go back in time a little bit, a few months back, I think it was June, I interviewed Dr. Jules White for the show. He is a professor there at Vanderbilt University here in Nashville, Tennessee, the Athens of the South, as they call it. And he recommended you. He said, you might wanna speak with one of these students. She's a PhD student and she is actually studying blockchain among other things. So I got very excited and I'm finally talking with you. And so needless to say, I am thrilled. Where should we start? Let's start with where are you from originally?
1: I was born and grew up in China. Oh wow. So it's about an hour from Beijing. The city's name is called Tianjin actually, and then I moved to Nashville when I was 16.
0: Oh wow. Okay. And did your family move to Nashville?
1: No, I came by myself.
0: Okay, wow. Now, did you move to Nashville specifically to attend Vanderbilt University?
1: No, I actually went to high school for two years at David Lipscomb Academy, and then I went to college at Lipscomb University, and that's where I got my bachelor's degree.
0: Oh, great. Yeah, those are both great schools. All right, so you landed here in the Athens of the South, and have you always had, from a young age, an interest in computers?
1: I actually didn't have my first computer until I was probably 14.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But then I was always fascinated with math and science and just, like, technology, electronic devices in general. Okay. So and it wasn't too hard for me to fall in love with this <laughs> computer okay. science.
0: Okay, that's neat. And of course, your English is perfect, so I'm assuming that you grew up speaking both English and some Chinese dialect, Mandarin?
1: Thank you. Yeah, I speak Mandarin, but no, I actually learned English when I moved here. Um, oh. I knew we had English classes in China, but it wasn't enough for me to really speak it. I think that I had someone test my English level when I first came, and then they said that my reading and writing was probably first or second grade level. And then my speaking was just very, very bad. (laughs) It was very hard for me to talk to people when I first came and it was really hard for me to understand anything.
0: Wow, well you certainly must have a really good ear because Um, you have to have a good ear in order to be able to get everything so perfect because your English is just phenomenal. But I don't want to dwell on that too much. You know, I I say that I'm in Tennessee. You're speaking a lot better English than a lot of people here in Tennessee.
1: Thank you very much,
0: John. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. Okay, so now you've been into computers for some time now. How old are you now? I'm
1: 25.
0: 25. And wow, I was a bar fly when I was 25. And you're a PhD student. That's (laughs) impressive. So you got your master's at Vanderbilt University, is that right?
1: I actually came into Vanderbilt in 2013 after I graduated from Lipscomb, and then I just went straight into a PhD, master's-PhD combined program. So I could probably get my master's, but I just decided to get it all at once. Okay,
0: I see. And that is with the department of, it's a dual name. Tell me the name of that department at Vanderbilt University. It's the
1: Department of Electrical Engineering and Computer Science, but okay. then I'm specializing in computer science.
0: In computer science. Okay, now at what point in your computer science career at Vanderbilt did you first hear about blockchain tech?
1: It was actually pretty recent. I actually hadn't known too much about it. I just thought it was a cryptocurrency. I didn't really give too much thought about it. And mm-hmm. then I started hearing about it from my advisor actually um, back in March. She actually had a project that involved blockchain and Bitcoin technology in general. So I just looked at some of the concepts and i got very interested in it
0: okay and at that time did you actually have an interest also in btc and bitcoin the currency or was it just the blockchain that caught your interest
1: it was the concept of blockchain in general
0: i see so you are now doing an internship there in palo alto
1: yes i am
0: i remember years ago i lived in san francisco and i remember driving down i worked for a radio station and I took a wrong turn and I found myself driving into East Palo Alto, which at that time was a very dangerous place. It was a lot of drug activity and gang activity. I, wow. don't, I don't know if it's changed or not, but that's East Palo Alto. And I, uh, I tried to turn the car around really quickly and immediately I got pulled over by a police officer and he said, hey, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm trying to get out of here. <laughs> but wow. anyway, I've also, been, <laughs> I've also been in the other Palo Alto, which is world famous for tech and I think also Robert Ludlum has some of his spies there in the setting of Palo Alto and sort of an exotic setting for Robert Ludlum characters, Jason Bourne and all of that. (laughs) But so Mm -hmm. tell us about your internship there in Palo Alto, if you can.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm interning with this company called Varian Medical Systems. It's just located in Palo Alto, the headquarters. They also have other branches globally, actually. It's a company... That produces oncology radiation equipment that treats cancer. So, I actually found out about this internship through my advisor and then the project connection. And they were very interested in, and so are very interested in looking at open research and healthcare to improve the entire healthcare sector. And then I started looking at blockchain back in March. This opportunity just presented it itself, and then I jumped on board immediately. So I have been just looking into how blockchain can help address some of the healthcare interoperability issues.
0: Okay. Now, before we address that word interoperability, which is a big word, and it still scares me when I hear it, tell me, how did you go from having an interest in computer science to having an interest in
1: healthcare? Yeah, that's actually thanks to a lot of the healthcare advocates in Nashville. I mean, it's been, Nashville's kind of like this healthcare IT Very hip city. A lot of people are very interested and dedicated towards the healthcare sector because it's very useful and it definitely benefits a lot of the population. Not even in this country, but everywhere in the world. So I I actually had an internship last year, and then it was really working directly with some healthcare companies that got me really interested in looking at you know these different things that can benefit patients and then the physicians. And that's why I wanted to do something that I can use to, you know, also benefit other
0: people. Wow, I think that's great. You know, I don't know how many people in computer sciences have that as their goal. I like to think that everybody in every industry, uh, every business, has as their at least a side goal. I mean, of course, we all have to make money and have a living, make a living. But I, I like to think that people have that as their side goal. Hey, maybe I can also do something that helps other people, right? That helps the world. <sighs> I think if everybody thought that way, we'd be a lot further along. Okay, so healthcare. And now, what are you doing with your internship? And how is that a requirement for your PhD?
1: It's technically not required for me to get an internship to complete my degree. I just wanted to get some experience in not only the industry, but also a little bit more research focused industry experience. Mm -hmm. So it definitely has been a great opportunity. And then I get actually exposed to a lot of the real problems in the world. And then I can identify better what the current challenges are in healthcare, which really helps me focus on the parts that I need to work on to use these technologies to, you know, address or improve these problems.
0: I see. So if you were to explain to somebody, let's say a family member is asking you a question mm-hmm. they're saying, or a friend, and they say, you know, so you're in computer science and also healthcare, but you have this interest in blockchain. And of course, then you have to explain, you know, we always have to explain what blockchain is. And sometimes that gets into discussions about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and it gets crazy and people start to freak out. But how would you explain to somebody how blockchain is going to be able to be used and how it is being used to help people specifically in healthcare?
1: I think, to be honest, blockchain technology alone is not going to address all of the problems in healthcare or in any domain, but it definitely presents itself as a unique paradigm that can potentially help address some of these issues. So I was in this Uber car ride with somebody who was going to his doctor's appointment and he was telling me how difficult it was to Actually, obtain his own health records from a hospital when he has to transfer to another hospital. Mm-hmm. And then that's why I think, you know, with blockchain, this distributed ledger framework that can essentially allow these different data sources to have some kind of chain or a loop structure that can flow from one place to another more directly.
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And of course, the idea that, you know, in the future, people could have complete control over their own healthcare records. That would be pretty great, too, of course.
1: That would be nice.
0: Yeah, that really would. Okay, so your internship there in Palo Alto, you will be there for how long? For the summer?
1: Yeah, I'm actually wrapping it up in the next three weeks, and then I'll be headed back to Nashville. Okay. In the middle of September.
0: middle of September, just in time for a beautiful fall here in Nashville. We have the greatest weather, yes, as you I'm know. Yes, I'm excited. Me too. It's my favorite time of year by far. And of course, my birthday's Me in October. Too. Yep. Nice. <laughs> my birthday's in October, so that's the best month of the year. The 15th is the absolute best day of the year, of course. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's
1: my niece's birthday. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
0: Oh, nice. So uh, you're wrapping it up and then heading back to Nashville and you have how much longer in your PhD program there at Vanderbilt?
1: It actually depends on how soon I can get my dissertation project done and other various things. But hopefully I can finish up in the next year or two.
0: Okay, so you have to do a doctoral dissertation. That always sounds like such a daunting task. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) It's a lot of pages. A
0: lot of pages, and then it has to go before some review board that's like some magistrate sitting up on some you know, big pedestal or something and they wear a wig and they tell you Re- redo this or something. I'm not sure how that happens. That's all in my mind, of course. But do you have any idea about your doctoral dissertation and what you might be presenting?
1: Yeah, I think I would like to either come up with some assessment metrics for how these, you know, these advanced technologies can actually be used. Um, how do you assess the applications of them in either healthcare or just human behavior changes in general? Because that's also very important. And it could also go along with an actual implementation idea for, yeah. in like a potential architecture of a healthcare application or something. Um, right now, it's, I'm still trying to figure out the specific details, but it's going to be along the lines of health IT. I know that for sure.
0: I see. And do you find there in Palo Alto in your internship, are there other people that you're working around who have an interest in just the idea of blockchain? Are people talking about it? Are people starting to talk about it there in Palo Alto? In yeah, the,
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was just meeting with our chief medical officer and the chief innovative officer along with my supervisor. We're just brainstorming on possible ideas for improving the current system that they have for just getting, you know, like good machine learning models from various hospitals and how to use this data to benefit other hospitals as well that are also interested in the same area of disease or diagnoses. So definitely there's a lot of interest and that's why I was actually here for the internship in the first place. They wanted someone to kind of think outside of the box and just to see if we can do some exciting research in this area.
0: I see. That's great. So when you talk about people with blockchain there in Palo Alto, does anyone ever bring up the word Bitcoin or is that taboo? You can't say that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, people bring it up. Some, I think some of my colleagues actually invest in Bitcoin.
0: I see. And uh, I have to ask, how about you?
1: I was thinking about investing, but then as a student, you know, I don't really have that much capital to <laughs> really gamble with. I, I hate to say the word gamble, but it's kind of <laughs> risky and volatile at the moment. It's just the prices keep going up and down and really
0: hard to predict yeah i agree with you on one hand there's definitely the volatility there and i hear a lot of people saying the same thing and so i'm sensitive to the fact that it doesn't seem like something that's a stable investment but what i say to people is that if we look at the tech and we look at what is the most secure and most well used most popular blockchain in the world right now and the first one that's that's, yes, a bit, that's that's the bit that's right. That's the Bitcoin protocol. So I say to people, if you believe that this Bitcoin protocol, this blockchain tech, is going to continue to be used and move forward in a positive way with all of these different applications, then I suggest buy five dollars worth of Bitcoin per week or ten dollars worth of Bitcoin per week because that token, that first app built on top of this protocol, that first app called BTC, also called Bitcoin, Uh that is inextricably tied to that protocol. There's a symbiotic relationship between Bitcoin, the currency, and Bitcoin, the protocol. So if the protocol does well, the currency is going to be right there along with it. So that's what I tell people, even though we do see that volatility, which is nerve wracking and makes you think, Uh "Ah, I don't want to get involved in that. And, and, you know, so it (laughs) feels like a gamble. I would say, using that same analogy of gambling, I would say, put your money on that blockchain.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll be investing a lot of my time, and I already have, met, I've been investing a lot of time in blockchain. So, And then hopefully after I graduate, I can find a job in that area as well. So nice. I think in a way I am investing in, in Bitcoin or blockchain in general, just not maybe monetary or <laughs> direct investment. It's like directly buying or trading.
0: Oh, I really like that. So I'd never really thought of that before yet. You are investing by way of your education and the time that you're spending and researching and studying. you are investing in blockchain for your future yeah. in in a way that most people are not. That's really neat. I like that. Okay, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So coming back to Vanderbilt, then you start the semester in is it September, late September?
1: Yeah, I'll actually be back uh, about two weeks later than the school starting date. I think they started this week, actually. But since I am finished with all my coursework, all I have left is research. So I'm not really on any time constraint.
0: Oh, wow. So when you get back to Vanderbilt, all you have is research to do? Yes. Yes. So is that pretty much easy? Like, do a little research, take a lunch break. Little research, evening dinner, <laughs> dinner break. Have a couple of drinks.
1: <laughs> um, you'd be surprised. <laughs>
0: okay, it's more than that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like we have to read a lot of research papers and seeing what other people are currently working on or implementing, and then we also have to think a lot. And sometimes I would go out and just be like, I guess preoccupied in my ideas, and someone will just ask me, "Hey, what are you staring at?" And then I'll just go, oh, I was just thinking.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that's making neat.
1: these plans in my head and coming up with uh, interesting ideas that are possible or To do for my
0: dissertation that's neat yeah i think that often in the sciences and also in education in academia i think that people get too rigid sometimes and they stay within this box and they stay within the confines of what other people have done before them and what the norm is so i think that any kind of playfulness or any kind of daydreaming or any kind of thinking outside of the box as you said i think it's really important for innovation And I think it's really important for, you know, moving things into new paradigms and away from, you know, some of the static status quo and static legacy systems that we are so used to that seem to be holding us back with so much friction. You know, in mm-hmm. in moving forward with progress and with new new ways of thinking and moving into new paradigms. So I like the fact that you tell me that sometimes you're daydreaming about what you might, uh, you know, do for your dissertation, and that can lead to many different yeah. things. And who knows, you know, you're only twenty five. Right. Gosh darn it, you're gonna have your <laughs> you're, you're gonna have your PhD before you're thirty. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. It really is.
1: Hopefully before I'm 30.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have every confidence that you will. So, Thank you. Yeah, let's see. Do you have any parting words for our listeners? Maybe there are some people out there who are thinking about getting involved in computer science. Do you have any advice for any students who might be, you know, just leaving high school or even, you know, first couple of years of college? Do you have any advice for Mm -hmm. them as far as, you know, maybe the benefits of getting into computer science?
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely a very exciting major, as everybody has probably noticed that technology today has evolved so much compared to not even maybe five, ten years ago, but five years ago, it's even different. We now have all these smartphones and tablet devices that we can just carry around and, you know, looking at stock markets and doing video chatting or things like that. So I think it's very exciting. And then I would recommend them to give it a shot and seeing if they want to do something You know, on their own to either improve the technology or be part of the team that makes this technology greater. So I think it's, it's very exciting.
0: Wow, great stuff. All right, listeners, you have been listening to Dana Chong, a PhD student at Vanderbilt University here in Nashville, Tennessee, the Athens of the South. Dana, thank you so much for taking time to interview today and for talking with our listeners. I wish you all the best and I hope to talk with you sometime down the road.
1: Thank you so much,
0: John. Oh, you're welcome. I'll talk to you later. Okay,
1: sounds
0: good. Okay, bye. Bye, John. This episode of Bitcoins and Gravy is brought to you by our good friends at moonshinebootwax.com. Made by hand in small batches right here in East Nashville, Tennessee, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is the original all-natural, non-toxic boot wax with a scent of orange. Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is a proprietary blend of American beeswax and other fine all-natural ingredients. It's specially formulated to feed and protect your leather while also offering an excellent long-lasting shine. Whether it's your cowboy boots, your expensive wingtips, or your wife's favorite pumps, Moonshine Boot Wax is a must-have for gentlemen who care about their appearance. Moonshine Boot Wax is proud to partner with Community Food Advocates, a nonprofit organization working to end hunger by creating a healthy, just, and sustainable food system together with community food advocates moonshine cowboy boot wax is making a positive difference in the nashville community one shine at a time you can buy your very own four ounce tin today by going to moonshinebootwax.com and best of all you can pay using bitcoin all right so i'm here on the vanderbilt campus this is the department of electrical engineering and computer sciences and you're a student of computer science yeah what's your name I'm brian diaz Brian so a uh, quick question for you. Have you heard of Bitcoin? Yes, I have you have and uh, do you have an opinion on
3: it? I think it kind of skyrocketed already and it and it is uh, Kind of at a pl- plateau right now, but I can see it definitely going back up as far as cryptocurrency goes uh, To me it's a, a great way to invest in something and make a lot of money very quickly but once the, the currency explodes in value it sort of doesn't have much of a use anymore in my opinion. Okay and do you know much about
0: blockchain tech? Are you studying that in any of your classes? No I'm not. Okay hey thanks for your time. All
3: right no problem. Bye. Bye.
0: All right we are here in the commons area in the school of electrical engineering and computer sciences here at Vanderbilt University and I am speaking with? Mithi. Nice to meet you. So a quick question for you have you heard of bitcoin? I have. And what is your opinion of bitcoin?
4: The underlying blockchain technology is awesome
0: ah wise woman <laughs> and uh how do you separate that from the concept of bitcoin the currency that we hear about in the news
4: Bitcoin is the first and most practical application for now uh, of the blockchain technology, but the blockchain technology has uh, the capacity to transform the world. So I see a lot of people getting to know blockchain in the next couple of years.
0: Okay, and when you say blockchain has the power to transform the world, do you have any concrete use cases or examples in mind?
4: I mean, obviously financial institutions, um, being able to send money across borders without having to pay uh, unnecessary fees, and just democratizing a lot of different institutions and different industries across the world.
0: Okay, that's great. Now, I have to ask you, how do you know so much about blockchain?
4: I've read a little about it. Okay. It interests me. Emerging technology interests me.
0: Okay. uh, Two more questions. How old are you and where are you from?
4: Um, I am 20 and I'm from India.
0: From India where in India Mumbai Mumbai thank you very much
4: of course thank you uh-huh. bye bye that
0: was great, that was great. yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right so I'm still here on the Vanderbilt campus interviewing another student of computer sciences here at the Department of Electrical Engineering and Computer Sciences on the Vanderbilt University campus what is your name I'm Cole. all right and tell me if you would cool. have you heard about Bitcoin I have and what is your opinion of Bitcoin?
3: It uh, seems really useful for storing money and doing illegal things online.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, where did you hear about Bitcoin? Um,
3: probably some, I don't know if I was introduced to it by tech or by like you
4: know, sketchy people <laughs> doing sketchy things.
0: Okay. And are you studying anything about blockchain tech in any of your courses? I'm not. Okay. Hey, thank you very much for your time. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Bye. All right, I am here still in the Department of Electrical Engineering and Computer Sciences on the Vanderbilt campus, and I am talking
3: to a guy by the name of? Erfan. Erfan, and you are? I'm the president of Vandy Hacks, which is Vanderbilt's annual hackathon. Last year we had 441 students from 45 schools across the U.S. come to our hackathon, and this year we're looking to have 400 students at, from October 20th to the 22nd at the Wondery right here on campus building cool projects for a weekend. Wow, now who's sponsoring that? We have a variety of sponsors. Last year we had a $63.8 dollars budget. Some of the key sponsors were MicroStrategy being our headline, BNY Mellon, Centene, Digital Reasoning. This year we have MicroStrategy again as our headline, Centene, BNY Mellon again. We've brought Chick-fil-A on, and we're always looking for new sponsors. Well, you know, you don't actually have a
0: computer chip in your brain, do you?
3: I don't. I actually have a concussion right now. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. I'm
0: sorry. (laughs) Anyway, you're just rattling this off so smoothly. It's amazing. Okay, so as far as
3: that hackathon goes, are there any prizes for the winners? Absolutely. A lot of our prizes are provided by Major League Hacking, which is our umbrella organization that supervises all collegiate hackathons internationally, or many of them at least. Um, We also provide a few few prizes of our own, thanks to our Hacker Experience team, but those are TBD at the moment. That's exciting. It sounds to me like tech generally is growing here in Nashville, maybe exponentially we could say? (laughs) I would say so, especially if you look at, say, the health tech industry especially. They're huge in Nashville looking at companies like HCA, like HealthStream, Um, Looking at other tech entrepreneurial ventures like what the Wondry is doing right here on campus, Jumpstart Foundry, the Nashville Entrepreneurial Center. There's a lot going on in Nashville right now.
0: Nice. Now, of course, I have to ask because the name of my show is Bitcoins and Gravy. Have you ever heard of
3: Bitcoin? I own a bit of Bitcoin and I trade Ethereum here and there. I see. I see. Now, how about your friend here? Uh, Do you know what Bitcoin is? Uh, I actually do not know what Bitcoin is. I've heard of it.
0: Okay, that's okay. That's okay. So are you studying anything about blockchain technology in any of your courses?
3: I am not right now, but blockchain is one of the things I would actually like to end up working in, so I would love to see something like that at Vanderbilt at some point. I know there's some research going on with Professor Doug Schmidt, actually, in blockchain technologies here. Okay, and also Jules White, I believe,
0: is doing some research in that area. I believe you're right. And, uh, you know, Nashville has the
3: second annual distributed healthcare conference coming up this month at the Skirmerhorn uh, here in Nashville. Uh, yes, I'm familiar with that. Uh, I got some fee waivers from the Wondry, so some of my board members are actually attending that.
0: Oh, wow, nice. Yeah, I think uh, the tickets are like 500 bucks, which is a
3: little rich for your average student, right? That's for the conference. The hackathon itself is only $25, but we were able to waive those fees. Ah, for the hackathon.
0: Okay, now, are you a coder, or are you a guy that gets
3: involved in these hackathons yourself? Oh, absolutely. Nice. What are you working on? Anything that you can talk about, or is it all secret stuff? At the moment, I don't have too many personal projects going on just because I'm organizing a hackathon right now. But I love attending hackathons, and I love building cool stuff. Very cool. Thank you once again. Tell our listeners your name, if you would, once again. Sure. My name is Erfan, and it's been great talking to you. You too. And one more thing. How old are you, and where are you from? I'm 20 years old, and I'm from a town called Plainfield, Illinois, which looks exactly like it sounds.
0: Nice. My friend
3: Connie here is from Illinois and I'm from Indiana, so nice to meet another Midwesterner.
0: Thanks, guys. Bye.
2: We're here on the Vanderbilt campus and have just spoken with two 20 year olds who probably are more interesting and more knowledgeable about the future of technology in the world than the last 2,000 people that I've run across. It's pretty exciting and also. Uh, makes one hopeful for the future. It is really great to see those young minds who are going to surpass anything that we have ever dreamed of at this moment.
0: Wow, that was Connie Sinclair. Connie Sinclair, what are you doing here on the Vanderbilt campus today?
2: Well, I was trying to do a little pickpocketing and checking out possibly a future husband, but they must be single and over 40, which is very difficult to find here.
0: So it's probably going to end up being a professor, right?
2: Uh, probably. Probably a tour at a fair, if nothing else. <laughs>
0: All right, Connie Sinclair, thank you so much for the interview today.
2: You're most welcome. It was my pleasure. <laughs> Don't use any of it.
0: Okay, I'm still here in the commons in the Department of Electrical Engineering and Computer Sciences, and I'm speaking with two young men by the name of... Mikey Kalani. And? Max Engel. Thanks, guys. Okay, so the question today is, have you guys heard of Bitcoin? Yeah, of course. Um, Yeah, definitely. Okay, so what's your
3: opinion of Bitcoin? Who wants to go first?
0: Uh, Sure, I'll go first. Okay.
3: Um, I don't know too much about it, but I think the whole idea of cryptocurrencies is definitely... um, you know, on the rise and super important in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, yeah, I also don't know what, know too much about it. But from what I know, it seems like it's a pretty cool concept, especially with like bank failures and um, a lot of like economic problems recently. Having like, I think it's like a decentralized approach, right? That's right. Yeah, I think that I think that's a very interesting concept. But it's like it's a little bit too confusing for me to actually grasp right now.
0: But that's okay. And in your classes, are you guys beginning to study anything
3: to do with blockchain technology? No, not yet. Um, not in our classes, but in a few weekends, I'll be going to a hackathon uh, hosted at the Wondery, where we're going to be working with blockchain okay. Uh, technology.
0: Okay, that's great. Are you going to be part of the hackathon?
3: Um, yes. So I don't, know, I don't know much about it, but I plan on like, reading up beforehand okay. and trying to like, make some sort of project with that.
0: Okay, so you're a coder, and you're going to probably get a little team together, huh?
3: Right, yeah. I already have like, a, a group of friends that I'm going to be working with on that.
0: Sounds like fun, man. Well, good luck to you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, of course. <laughs> Bye. I'm still here in the commons on the Vanderbilt campus in the Department of Electrical Engineering and Computer Sciences. I'm speaking with two students of computer science. Uh, what is your name? I'm um, Shen Xinbao. Okay, and where are you from? From China. From China, and how old are you? Uh 26. Okay, and you? Uh, same as he. Okay, not the same name, though. <laughs> uh, my name is Kai. Kai, okay. Yeah. So have you guys heard of Bitcoin? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is your opinion of Bitcoin? Uh, it's like... Uh,
4: virtual uh, coin and virtual uh, currency, yeah, kind of that.
0: And have you heard of Bitcoin? Uh, Not really. Okay. So what is your opinion of uh, Bitcoin? Um, It's really hard to hack, you know, I'm really concerned about the security issue, but it seems it's kind of hard to hack. Mm -hmm, That's true. Now, in your studies, are you guys studying anything to do with blockchain technology? Uh, None. Not really. Any any blockchain yet? No. Okay, guys, thank you so much for your time. Mm
5: -hmm. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.
0: Bye. All right, I am still here in the commons on the campus of Vanderbilt University in the Department of Electrical Engineering and Computer Sciences. I'm speaking with another student of computer science. And uh, tell me your name, if you would.
4: Uh, Olivia.
0: Olivia. And how old are you and where are you from?
4: I'm 19 years old, and I'm from New York.
0: New York. All right. Cool. So the question I'm asking people today is, have you heard of
5: Bitcoin?
4: I have heard of Bitcoin. Isn't that like the um, way to transfer money through a computer? It's like the new, ling- I don't know if it's a language, but yes, I have heard of it.
0: It's a protocol. You have heard of it, and um, do you have a positive or negative opinion of it?
4: Um, I'm not really sure. I s- could see how it would be more efficient, but I also think that if it got hacked, it could be very problematic because people could lose a lot of money from it. hmm
0: And let me ask you, in your computer sciences courses, are you studying blockchain tech at all?
4: I have not gotten there yet, no.
0: Okay, great. Thank you so much for your time.
4: Thank you. Bye.
6: Now climb aboard, y'all. This train is bound for glory. And there's plenty of room for all. A virtuality, a promise to deliver us from age-old tyranny, a Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain, a Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, gonna rain, till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name. Everybody knows everybody knows and everybody knows your give me
0: some exposure.
6: Everybody knows your name singing. Oh Lord, pass me some more. Oh Lord before I have to go. Oh Lord, pass me some more. Oh Lord
5: before
2: before
6: There's a there. You hear-
0: I'd like to thank my guests on today's show, Dana Jong, and all of the students I met at Vanderbilt University. As my friend Connie mentioned in the interviews, it really is uplifting to meet and to speak with intelligent young people who are on fire about changing our world in positive ways. You guys are the future that brings us hope. And an extra special thanks to our sponsor, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax, the original all-natural, non-toxic boot wax with a scent of orange. Ah the nashville wax company is now offering moonshine miracle residue remover for removing stubborn sticky stuff it's like goo gone but without the petroleum-based chemicals all moonshine products are 100 percent natural and are available at 15 different fine retail outlets in the nashville area including the country music hall of fame store in the elegant omni hotel and batch which you can find at the Nashville Farmers Market on Rosa Parks. And if you're not in Nashville, that's okay to order a tin of Moonshine Boot Wax or a four ounce bottle of Moonshine Miracle Residue Remover. Stay where you are, that's right, without even getting up out of your chair lazybones. Just go to moonshinebootwax.com. Use your credit card, your debit card, or better yet, pay the modern way with Bitcoin. That's right, Bitcoin, the modern way to pay at moonshinebootwax.com. And finally I'd like to thank all my loyal listeners. That's you for tuning in and for giving me such great feedback about the show. Your comments in the show notes are always appreciated as are the tips that you send to my Bitcoin wallet. I'm a hard working guy with two jobs and without a lot of money. So every little bit counts. Even a 50 cent tip sent to my wallet goes a long way to making me feel that doing the podcast on a volunteer basis is worth it. It also helps keep the lights on and coffee in the kettle. And before we go, folks, I would be remiss in my duties if I did not mention Distributed Health. That's right, the second annual Distributed Health Conference is coming to Nashville to be held at the Skermerhorn Symphony Center. Distributed Health is where healthcare leaders from around the world come together to explore how blockchain technology is transforming the industry. This groundbreaking conference brings together the brightest minds in healthcare innovation and blockchain technology to reimagine how new technology will streamline and transform everything from medical records and payments to processing and analytics. This year's series of events will also include a 24-hour hackathon promoting the creation of innovative blockchain applications solving industry problems. A 2.0-unit CLE with leading attorneys in the field exploring the legal landscape of disruptive technology and a code camp designed to provide hands-on workshops for blockchain newcomers and seasoned veterans. That's right, the second annual Distributed Health Conference right here in Nashville, Tennessee, September 25th through 26th, where healthcare meets blockchain. To register for this event, go to health.distributed.com. Signing off now from Nashville, Tennessee, the Bitcoin blockchain epicenter of the South, I'm John Barrett, the host of Bitcoins and Gravy, here each week with my trusty, dogly-wogly Maxwell Raskolnikov Coyote Rex. I call him Max. Say goodbye, Maxwell. Until next week, friends, remember that the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women to do nothing. So do something, y'all, and be proud of it. Go out and help your neighbor. If you have an elderly neighbor, help them take out their trash or get their mail. If you know someone who doesn't have food, buy some food for them. If you see someone that needs a door held open for them, hold that door open even if you're in a hurry. These random acts of goodness and kindness and caring will help you feel good inside, I promise.
3: We have front row seats in the development of a historic technology that is doing things that have never been done before. And Every day that goes by, I just feel amazed at, at having this opportunity to be frontline front line observer and sometimes influencer... in what is turning out to be perhaps a historic, generational, worldwide, impactful, disruptive change in technology. One that will create history. And That is an amazing feeling.
2: Oh, good boy.
5: You know, the guys at the office are always talking Bitcoin this and Bitcoin that, and I just think it's too much of a risk. It's too risky. It's like gambling, it's unsafe. I'm afraid just to buy when Bitcoin is so high. What if the bubble pops? The price will surely drop. And I'll lose all my cash, all my paper money. My wife will tell her dad. Uh, Her dad will get real mad. And that'd be really bad. I'm afraid of the tech and all that encryption. It's It's like math. It's just too much for me. I'd rather watch TV where they tell me the truth. The markets are healthy. The economy is strong. Consumers should carry on. Wolf Blitzer's never wrong. And he loves his mother. Mm -hmm. I trust my bank. That's right. And good men like Ben Bernanke. They make me feel safe like my childhood blankie. And fresh cotton hankies. Cause I'm a Yankee. I'm cold and I'm white. I'm afraid to invest, so I called my broker. He said it's volatile And I should wait a while Till it's stable at least But just maybe never We'll have to wait and see Waiting's okay for me At least I know I'm free That's right, and I've got liberty And pay-per-view TV
2: Thank God I'm really free